It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, this is former Sooner All-American Gabe Eichert, and you're listening to Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Sooners Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. To save 20% off your first order, use promo code Locked On by going to BuiltBar.com. That's BuiltBar.com. Thank you for joining us. I'm John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And joining me today, as he does every day, is former Oklahoma Sooners offensive lineman and host of the Iron Horse podcast, David Walker. You can follow David on Twitter at D underscore Walk 74. David, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. It's Monday of Bedlam week. Just uh, had that bye week to catch our breath and uh, looking forward to covering some Bedlam football here this week. Yeah, it's uh, an exciting week of football coming up. And I just want to say thank you for all the hard work that you did last week on those interviews. You were doing some yeoman's work in some of those. And if you haven't had a chance to make sure you go back and listen to um, our, our episodes last week, we're going to talk, touch on some of those in this segment. But before we get into uh, talking about last week's episodes and the game that's coming up this weekend, I have to get your thoughts on what transpired at the end of the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, man, I can't remember who the, oh, Houston, who was it they were playing? I can't even remember now. Buffalo. Buffalo, yes. Yeah. Buffalo. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't yeah, matter was, who they're playing. <laughs> I'm so shell shocked by what happened at the end of that game because, you know, what, what was incredible was that Buffalo went on their own two-minute drill drive and were able to tie the game or go ahead, actually, in that game on a, a beautiful pass from Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs. It was absolutely tremendous. And then Kyler Murray just is like, no, I'm going to one-up that. I got my own my own Kyler Murray magic to uh, put on display here. So just quick, give us your thoughts on that on that play, man. Just To me, it was absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the greatest throws I think we've ever seen to end a game. Uh, you know, our mm-hmm. friend of the pod, Mark Clayton, was tweeting out uh, tonight about that, that just the high degree of difficulty and that it was a dime makes yep. it one of the greatest walk-off throws ever. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to disagree with that. I mean, I know we're prisoners of the moment sometimes, but, man, Kyler literally threw a fadeaway. I mean, that's the, equi- that's the equivalent of, like, in basketball, shooting, like, a fadeaway three from half court. Right. And with somebody all in your face. And, yep. and he made it look easy. Yeah. which is what he's doing to the entire NFL. Everything he's doing right now is making it look easy. And, you know, we're going to have a conversation coming up on the, on a future episode about, you know, the kind of the pecking order of these great quarterbacks Oklahoma's had. And we did a poll recently about that. And I don't want to dive into all that right now because that's a whole deep conversation. But, man, he's making a case right now as just somebody super special. Yeah, absolutely agree. The The throw in and of itself wasn't tremendous, just the way he did it. it you know, Patrick Mahomes has gotten a lot of credit for all these off-balance, off-platform throws that he's made. and I don't think any of them touch what Kyler Murray did tonight. Um, and then obviously DeAndre Hopkins being able to high point the ball and bring it down with three Buffalo Bills defenders around him was uh, just the cherry on, on the on the top of the of the one of the great plays that we've seen this year in, in the NFL and in college um, altogether. But, you know, we won't spend too much time talking about that. I could gush over that play because that was just 
enamored by it. So enamored that I forgot who they were even playing against. Anyway, <laughs> um, but hey, let's let's talk a little bit about what transpired last week on here on Lock On Sooners. We had some great guests. Uh, Last week, we got a bit of a recruiting update from Parker Steun of uh, All Sooners or SoonersOnSI.com. And he had a really interesting take as far as Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams is con- are concerned uh, going into 2021. Um, did that surprise you at all, David? Yeah, you know, it did. It did surprise me a little bit. I mean, I've. I've heard the comparisons of Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler. I've heard that, you know, kind of the undertow of just wait until Caleb Williams gets here kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But with the way that Spencer Rattler is playing today with his progression through the season, you know, that didn't seem to sway Parker Thune at all as, as he feels Caleb Williams will come in next year and be the man. And I think that is, it's two things. It's, it's exciting for Sooner fans and it's intriguing for guys like us or who talk about them every day, because you talk about a quarterback battle mm-hmm. that, a legit quarterback battle. This isn't, um, you know, what we've had the last couple of years, these, the last probably three seasons since Baker left is these, these kind of like, it's a battle in the public, but in inside the, the locker room, everybody knows who's the starter is going to be. This is a true, let's get after it. We got two five-star guys battling it out at quarterback that rarely takes place on any campus in college football. So uh, it's exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. And it could create a lot of uh, controversy if uh, certain things were to transpire next year. But let's talk a bit about uh, some other controversy revolving on another quarterback from OU's past. And that's what Bubba Bertram had to say about Josh Heupel on the Thursday episode of the Lockdown Sooners podcast. And I think it was encouraging to hear, you know, you know, so much support kind of being thrown out. He, you know, he referred to, you know, Bubba referred to Josh Eiple as his quarterback and yeah. that how he's going to really go to bat for that guy, no matter what. Do you, do you get a sense that there, there's enough, there's enough player support um, to find a reunion, to find a resolution to the conflict between OU and Heupel that there will actually be a resolution at some point? Yeah, I do think so. I think that, you know, there's a, there's a segment of, Sooner alumni, and it's not a big segment, but I think there's still a little bit of a segment of, you know, when, when you feel like your boy was maybe done wrong, and I think there's some guys that were, it felt like, man, Hypo got scapegoated in that deal. Mm-hmm. And they bring in Lincoln, and then all of a sudden, you know, three short years later, Bob's turning over the keys to Lincoln when all those guys thought, you know, it's going to be our guy, Hypo, that carries on this torch. And so I think there's guys who have probably been a little bit, you know, at least privately a little bit guarded on their enthusiasm about this Lincoln Riley era, because I think there's a little bit of bitterness of it should have been our guy, but I don't think that they're going to come out and say those things, but I do think there's a a small percentage maybe, but I think there's some people that feel that way. You know, I don't want to put words in Bubba's mouth that he didn't say, but I think that it's an, you know, it's undeniable that a center quarterback relationship is deep. You know, Bubba hosted Josh on his visit. So they go all the way back to Josh's visit. Um, but I do think there will be a reconciliation, uh, no no different than when the boss was ostracized a little bit and kind of alienated himself. And there's some you know hard things back and forth between the, uh, Brian Bosworth and the program. Um, I think there will be that reunion, but I do think it's going to be something that ultimately will will be on Josh to to uh, come across that threshold because from all accounts, Lincoln Riley has been great and gracious to former players. The door has been open. 
Uh, there's been a nice, like, you know, a lot of nice symmetry. So I think that that window is going to be there if Josh chooses to step through it. Yeah. And then um, on the Tuesday episode of the podcast, you had Teddy Lehman and you guys discussed a lot of things about Oklahoma, but in particular the defense and how well they're playing. Uh, what were your biggest, what was your biggest takeaway with what Teddy had to say about the defensive line? Well, you know, Teddy played behind one of the best defensive lines in the last 30 years at Oklahoma with that, you know, early 2000s run. And so he knows what great defensive lines can do for a defense. But really what he was, you know, some of the things he talked about were just the impact it's had on on the second level and the third level of the defense to have that great defensive line play. How the, you know, the coverage is you're asked to cover for a short amount of time. Linebackers can go be freed up to make plays. So I think that has really, you know, been a, a huge uh, part of the of the progression there. We're going to talk more about Bedlam. We're going to talk about Lincoln Riley, who we had on the Friday pod. And we're going to talk about some of the Bedlam facts that he didn't mention in his top 10 that have stood out to John and I, because he's got a huge list and he only pulled 10 of them. You ought to go check that out this week at your convenience. But first, let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? Well, College Football Saturdays offer the perfect opportunity to watch football and chill with the only beer that's made to chill, Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Even though there are fewer teams playing on Saturdays, there are still plenty of games and other sports going on to give you the opportunity to relax and have a beer. So whether you're having a beer with friends, cooking some meat on the grill, winding down from working in the yard, or watching a full slate of college football games on Saturday, make sure you reach for the official beer of watching any sport or team just to have a beer. So when you want to reset from a long work day, or to enjoy while taking in your favorite team, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can now get Coors Light in its new look, delivered straight to your door by going to get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Hey there, Supers fans. And coming up in this segment, we're going to get into a little bit of rankings talk. We've got some concerns about potentially how the voters are viewing Oklahoma this year and really how they're viewing college football in general. Uh, we're going to get it into should we be concerned that Oklahoma is only 18 and not really moving up and climbing the polls much. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about what's going to be coming down this Saturday and college game day is coming to Norman for the first time since 2012. Now, David, how exciting is that for this matchup in Bedlam? How exciting is it for Sooners fans in general? Yeah, I think it adds a certain level of legitimacy to the game itself when college game day comes. Now, obviously, this isn't going to be the typical game day experience. You're not going to have, you know, thousands of people pouring in, trying to get their their sign shown on TV and to get their face shown on TV and all those things that, you know, the buzz that comes with that for the student body and the fan base. But I think from a just a national, uh, you know, national perception of your program, when college game day shows up on campus and your helmet's sitting there for the whole morning show, that's just a, a great marketing tool. It's a great recruiting piece it's it's all of those things and more right but i think the you know the bigger factor is you know, yes it's the first time it's been in norman since 2012 they've had some road games that have been featured but 
It's the last time since Notre Dame. I mean, think about how long ago this has been, John. The last time Oklahoma hosted college game day, Manti Teo was on Notre Dame. That's who they were playing. And, you know, he before he got catfished and while James Harden got traded that day from Oklahoma City. So, I mean, all like that's how long ago we're talking about. The James Harden trade happened on the day that Oklahoma last hosted college game day. So it is significant and it's long overdue, but it's good to see. Yeah, that's so long ago that I was still talking sports on Facebook and not on Twitter. I was doing way more <laughs> on Facebook than on Twitter because I remember I had a, I actually had a, a uh, conversation with a buddy over there about the James Harden trade on Facebook. I was like, I, I don't ever do that anymore. I'm fully on Twitter now. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that, that's just how how much uh, social media has evolved in the last eight years. But yeah, it's it's amazing to me, and I, I got to thinking about this, and I think some of it might be due to the fact that College Game Day shows up in Dallas so often for the Red River shootout that it's almost like, well, we've got our Oklahoma game in for the year. Yeah. We don't need to go to Norman for Bedlam or for any other kind of big non-conference matchup because we're going to be going to to Dallas, to the Cotton Bowl for college game day. Uh, and so how, how kind of special is it now that like, you know, we had, we have them coming to, to Bedlam. It's, I can, I don't know when the last time that that's happened. You know, both teams are ranked in the top 20, which is helpful. And Oklahoma State's ranked higher than than Oklahoma, though they're coming in as a 10-point underdog as the line opens this week. How how crucial is that for the rivalry and even just for recruiting for the state of Oklahoma for both teams in particular? Yeah, I think it's definitely big uh, for Oklahoma State to get that rub of Bedlam. I mean, it's, you know, you could probably count on you know, three or four fingers how many times Oklahoma State has been on college game day that didn't include Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So it's... You know, they're getting the rub from that. But, you know, again, I think it's to Oklahoma's advantage that the stakes are continuing to raise and raise and raise for an Oklahoma State program that, you know, historically hasn't been able to answer the bell when that's the case. So I think it's more, you know, playing into Oklahoma's hand. That's prime time. You can, now you throw the college game day element into that. And, you know, I think it's it's definitely nice for the rivalry. But, yeah, to your point earlier, I think that the lack of, appearances in Norman for college game day. It does. The OU Texas game is definitely part of that equation. And the other part of it is that for the last six, seven, eight years, the big 12 has been down as a whole. And there haven't been that many opportunities for a a conference opponent to come into Norman with the pedigree that would justify game day showing up. So I think there's a lot that factors into that, but you know, one of the biggest things that I was taken aback by this week though, as that stat was floating around was that the, the other thing about 2012, John, and we talk about rankings and Oklahoma being 18 right now, is that the last time Oklahoma was ranked number one in college football was in 2012. And that shook me a little bit because, you know, I feel like we've been competing for national championships, given the fact that we're in the playoff race every year. You know, I think Baker's season, they finished the rank number two or three, whatever that, you know, going into that playoff seating. So they were close, but have never been number one, despite, four playoff appearances, multiple Heisman Trophy winners. And so, you know, going on eight years, that's a long time uh, given, you know, I think for what the last 20 years have looked like and how many national championship games they've played in to not, you know, be ranked in the last eight seasons at number one at any point. So, and that's not changing this year. You know, they're not going to get there in 2020, but that, that was interesting. Uh, But, you know, when I look at the top 25 right now, John, this is my biggest concern is are pollsters down on Oklahoma? Is there a Oklahoma fatigue among voters 
And my answer to that is there has to be because you look at a two-loss Oklahoma team that lost two games that they had to lead in and let them get away. They're ranked behind the likes of Coastal Carolina, Marshall, BYU, Cincinnati. Just That's just four, right? Yeah. I mean, and then you throw a two-loss Georgia who got soundly beaten twice, you know, by three possessions both times and are three spot, five spots ahead of them. So I think the, the respect Oklahoma is being given right now or the lack of respect, I think a lot of that's a byproduct of their playoff appearances and how those turned out. Yeah, I'd, I'd tend to agree with that and just the overall view of the Big 12 as a whole. But at the same time, I have a hard time looking at that and then seeing a team like Oregon who has only played a couple games and they're sitting there at 13. Like the Pac-12 doesn't have much more to go on than the Big 12 does. I don't think that they're a better conference than the Big 12. I think the Big 12 is easily a better conference than the Pac-12. And so it's still surprising to me to see Oklahoma still ranked so low. And maybe it's just because they, they want to see them, you know, continue to, to beat teams like an Oklahoma State, um, like West Virginia coming up. And yeah, I don't know. It's still, it's still surprising. They're, they're holding these two losses against them uh, yeah. pretty strongly. <laughs> Where in you know other years, like you know other years, they had a loss to Houston and a loss to Ohio State early in the season, and yet they were they didn't it didn't take them long to get back into the you know the the top ten, top five in those seasons, and and so it's it is still a bit surprising that they haven't been able to climb higher than eighteenth, seventeenth in one poll, and maybe it's just due to the, to the fact that they were on a bye this week. You know, they go into Bedlam or they go into this week and they beat Oklahoma State and Bedlam, and maybe that allows them to climb a lot higher. Uh, it's hard to say, but yeah, it's it's just a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of Big 12 bias out there right now. There's a lot of people that still believe this narrative that the Big 12 doesn't play defense, that the offensive stats are overinflated because of this lack of defense, so to speak. But I think we're seeing week in and week out that the defenses are actually much better than what people want to sit, want, want to think. And Oklahoma's defense in particular has, has improved quite a bit and quite drastically. And coming up in the next segment, we're going to spend some time get, starting to dig into Bedlam and get Dave's uh, favorite Bedlam memory from his time playing with the Oklahoma Sooners and from his fandom. He's been a, a fan much longer than I have, but he's been following this team all his life. And so we're going to get in some of his thoughts on, on this rivalry and, and really how much of a rivalry is it. And we're going to touch on some of our favorite Blinken Riley Bedlam Fact Friday notes that we didn't get to hear about uh, from this past Friday's episode. But first... I want to talk to you a little bit about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's easy to eat and is 100% covered in chocolate. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They've got 18 great flavors, including new options like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry Garcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They have nut and non-nut flavors, and best of all, they're good for you. My personal favorite right now has been the peanut butter brownie. They're high in protein, and most bars have only 4 or 5 grams of sugar and are about 180 calories. Are there several bars that you'd like to try? Well, Built Bar has a couple different options for you to create variety packs. If you need it for meal replacement or to try and add fuel to your workout, Built Bar is the protein bar for you. Use the code LOCKEDON and save 20% off your next order of Built Bar by going to BuiltBar.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate. 
Save money and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Hey there, Sooners fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Sooners podcast. Coming up in in a second, we're going to talk about David's favorite Bedlam memory, and we're also going to dig into some of our personal favorite Bedlam facts from Bedlam Fact Friday by Blinken Riley, uh, some of the things that he didn't touch on when he joined David on Friday's episode. So, David, but first, before we do that, I want to ask you, David, we've got some big guests coming up on the show this week and next week as well. So tell the people what we got coming up on the Locked On Sooners podcast. Yeah, this week on the Wednesday episode, we have Ryan Aber of the Oklahoman. He covers the, the OU beat there for the Daily Oklahoman. And then coming up next week, we've got men's basketball starting up. They tip off on November 25th. They're at Lloyd Noble. And we were going to have our men's basketball preview coming up next week. And that's going to include uh, assistant coach Matt Mossman, former Oklahoma point guard Isaiah Cousins, who's playing overseas in Israel right now and was a point guard on the Final Four team with Buddy Heald. And we're going to dive into that also with Austin Curtright of the OU Daily, who covers the OU men's basketball beat. So we're going to have multiple guests coming on to talk about OU men's basketball in our, in our basketball preview episode. So uh, stay tuned for that and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that uh, that basketball coverage as well. Yeah, David, and it's going to be good times in Oklahoma basketball with Prairie Bird leading the way for the uh, the Oklahoma men's team. And, you know, the Oklahoma women's team is always a competitive group. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be any different this year as well. And so we'll still have a lot to talk about even after January and football season comes to a close. So still make sure you stick around here on the Lockdown Sooners podcast, all things Oklahoma all the time. And David, let's dig into your favorite Bedlam memory. Man, well, as a fan, I would say my favorite Bedlam memory is Sam Bradford, you know, doing the sort of, I don't know if it's a helicopter, a somersault, a cartwheel, whatever you want to call it, his dive to the goal line uh, during his Heisman season. I feel like that was kind of his Heisman moment. And it was a a huge play in in a game on the road. So as a fan, if I just picked one play, that would be one play that stands out in my mind. As I was watching it in my mind, I thought, okay, he just won the Heisman trophy on that play. And he would go on to win the Heisman trophy. So, um, and speaking of Heisman Trophy, another Heisman season uh, was 2003 with Jason White. And that happened to be uh, my redshirt freshman season. And the reason this is my favorite Bedlam memory is, so going back to 2002, I was recruited by Oklahoma State at a high school. And I was a little salty because Les Miles had offered me a scholarship and pulled it. And I had, at the time, thought I was maybe going to sign with Oklahoma State. So I was a little salty towards the Cowboys there in Stillwater. And my freshman season, we won the Rose Bowl and we, uh, you know, get the Rose Bowl championship ring, the Big 12 championship ring. So fast forward to the spring of 2003, John, my little brother, Jeff, is on a visit to Oklahoma State. And my dad says, hey, hey, would you mind uh, showing up over in Stillwater just to kind of help, you know, my brother maybe, you know, get the rub or, you know, and I had known those coaches from the recruiting process. It's like, sure, I'll show up with my Big 12 championship ring on. And I did. So I'm standing in Gallagher Arena with my brother. It's like junior day or something. And uh, I'm standing over there talking to my dad and my brother and the offensive line coach, uh, who uh, Choke Moeller, walks over to me, shakes my hand. And as he shakes my hand, he kind of turns my hand to look at the Big 12 championship ring I was wearing. And he just looked at me and kind of smirked and nodded. And we both just kind of had that moment of like, yep, I did okay. Like, it's okay. You didn't offer me. It's fine. You know, you pulled it. I'm good. I did okay. Then a few short months later, we're playing them in Bedlam in Norman. And that week, you know, they were right there on the edge of the top 10. They'd beat us two years in a row. Les Miles was filling himself. 
at the press conference and says, it's going to be a game between the best team in the country and a dang good football team. And we're going to go play on Saturday to find out which one's which. And so it was like, okay, we got you, you know? So he comes in and this is a famous pregame where he does the, you know, like, what are you going to tell your guys? I think it was Jack Aroot was on the sideline. Uh, and he, he says, uh, let her rip, you know, and only in, and only less miles could, say something like that and with confidence. It was just such a corny thing to say, but he said it with confidence. And then we soundly destroyed them 52 to nine. Mm-hmm. And I, I was in, you know, got to get, get in there and finish the game out with the second team offense as a freshman. And, uh, you know, the, the student section is chanting, which one's which, which one's which as the game ends. And best believe, John, that when that game was over, I made a point to find the offensive line coach and shake his hand after the game. So Petty, yes, memorable, quite memorable for for this guy. Might not be memorable for anybody else, but for me, because of those things, those uh, you know, stars aligning, those uh, those things playing out the way they did, that was my personal favorite Bedlam memory. Is to uh, you know, kind of one up the Cowboys, like I said, pettiness included, but that's my favorite Bedlam memory. Yeah, you got to get that hashtag petty in every once in a while. Absolutely. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I haven't been following this team near as long. I, I came in into uh, my Sooners fandom a little bit late. Thanks to my wife, who was a Sooner alum, uh, my my school didn't have a football team, so I didn't have that to to, to pull from. But you kind of you kind of touched on my favorite Bedlam memory is really my one of my earliest Bedlam memories, and that's that Sam Bradford game. You know, Oklahoma State had it close uh, at the end of the first half. They scored at the beginning of the second half to kind of get that game close, and then Sam Bradford combines for four touchdowns in the, in the second half, including a big one to Jermaine Gresham that. You know, they they just pulled away and were just too much for Oklahoma State on that day. And I think that was that was a really fun game to watch just offensively. It kind of reminds me of that uh, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes game, you know, the big 66-56 game or whatever the score was there. But just a lot of offense, just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, but even just for to watch Sam Bradford just do his thing, kind of take that game over in the second half like you said, his Heisman moment and really what solidified that season for him. Yeah, just absolutely incredible game to watch. And But before we you know, close up the show, we want to touch on some of our favorite Bedlam facts that Blinken didn't touch on in his Friday show with you. So, David, what was your favorite one that kind of got left out? Well, I mean, I don't want to spoil the top 10 because I want our listeners to go back and, and check that out because, man, like just – Number one is such a doozy that it's all, it's really hard for me not to just bring it back up because it's so detailed, it's so specific, it's so over the top, and also just hilarious and embarrassing for Oklahoma State and all those things, right? So, you know, if you're a Sooner fan listening to this, which of course you are, otherwise, you know, if you're an Oklahoma State fan listening to this, like, I'm sorry, I don't know how you found yourself here, but thank you for listening. Yes. Um, but if you're an Oklahoma fan, you need to go back and listen to this top 10 Bedlam facts because this week will be much more enjoyable for you in your Oklahoma State conversations with no doubt people on your Facebook, people at church, people at work, people on your Zoom calls, people on your little league teams, the other dads, whatever, whoever that Oklahoma State person in your life is that you need to kind of just check a little bit. You need this content in your life. Please go back to our Friday pod, listen to Blinken, give his top 10. But one that he didn't mention, and there are so many that I was shocked that he could pare it down to number 10 or to the top 10, was that Michael Phelps has more gold medals than Oklahoma State has Bedlam wins. 
And if you if you need to do the math on that, let's just let me just tell you that it's not really even close. Like Oklahoma State could go on a four game winning streak against Oklahoma, and Michael and this this stat would be true, John, in the year twenty twenty five. So that's how far away Michael Phelps' gold medal count is from Oklahoma State. It's a twenty three to eighteen score right now. If you're if you're uh, scoring at home, it's the, uh, two in, in, incredibly dominant stats there. First of all, Oklahoma's domination of Oklahoma State, but also Michael Phelps' dominance in swimming. His dominance over the world. Over the world. <laughs> Michael Phelps is the king of the world. Yes, um, he is. It's not Leo DiCaprio. No. Sorry, yes, you just got a Titanic reference here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. Um, but yeah, so my favorite uh, Bedlam fact that didn't get mentioned, and this, this, is, this one sits right in my wheelhouse because I grew up playing baseball, Grew up collecting baseball cards. Love baseball history. Uh, that's one of the reasons I love baseball so much is the rich history that it's got. And so this one just really hits home for me. Uh, so Oklahoma State's got 18 Bedlam wins. Babe Ruth home runs against the Red Sox during games played on Sunday, 19. <laughs> I mean, it's so specific. It, the like, man, The man has attention to detail that we could all only aspire to have and the depth of which he's willing to go to bring obscure stats into play to yeah. shame Oklahoma state. Yes. Again, like if you're no one, if you have Twitter and you don't follow at Blinken Riley, just, I don't know why you have an account and, yeah. or you're not really a sooner fan. So just do yourself a favor, follow him. If for some reason you're not, but like I said, like you need that top 10 list injected into your, your veins and they, they will burn in your mind and you will have them ever ready to trump any OSU fan that has anything to say to you. So, yeah, you definitely want to go get that. And I think uh, I want to talk to Blinken. I think he needs to create some bedlam fact, like uh, greeting cards for Oklahoma fans to send to their uh, Oklahoma State Cowboy <laughs> rivals. Yes. In the office. I think that'd yeah. be, those would be big sellers. Uh, I just had an idea for him. I'll, I'll, I'll DM him that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hey, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to have more Bedlam coverage coming up this week, so make sure you stick around for that. Like David said, we've got Ryan Aber from the Oklahoman coming up on the Wednesday episode of the show. Uh, so we, we are going to have you covered from every direction here on the Locked On Sooners Podcast, and we hope you'll stick around. Again, thank you so much. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. Follow us on Facebook at Locked On Sooners Podcast and leave us a review. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a review, give us a rating, let us know what you like, what you don't like. We're always open to suggestions. If there's things that you think we should cover that we're not, definitely hit us up, shoot us a DM, our email, LockedOnSooners at gmail.com. We are available wherever you want to want to let us know. And uh, we're definitely open to improving the show to better suit you, the, the Locked On Sooners listener. And we thank you so much for for being a part of this show because it, we, uh, with, without your input and without your interactions, it's not near as much fun for David and I. And so thank you so much for joining us every day here on the Lockdown Sooners podcast. Again, make sure you go back and listen to those episodes from last week. A lot of great content. I was just rolling on the floor laughing, listening to Blink and Riley drop, not just Oklahoma state nuggets, but drop the hammer on Texas A&M as well. Cause yeah, he's right. Aggie fans are the worst. <laughs> so anyway we're just gonna leave it with that and so yeah we'll check you out tomorrow here on the locked on sooners podcast again thank you so much for stopping by
NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.